Welcome in to DTC, two-man show tonight, LP and FP, as always, talking, what do we talk about most? Redskins, baby. Redskins. It's Super Bowl week. Um, you know, should we talk about that? There's kind of a big game going on this this week. Um, sure. Not interested? <laughs> if, it was, about? if it was this a is... team aside from the Patriots, I'd be a little more excited. Although part of me is starting to develop a man crush on Tom Brady because of how much hatred the Patriots are getting this week, uh, just because they're always in the Super Bowl. I mean, Mikel Roby Coleman, what an idiot! Like, how are you going to call out Tom Brady after you clearly, you know, decked the guy before the ball was even thrown, and then to kind of backtrack and say, "Well, I didn't really call him out." Well, yes, you did, fool. I mean, it's it's kind of a storyline, but I agree. Uh, to me, it'd be so much better, so much better if the Patriots weren't in it. If, I mean. If you tell me Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl and retires, I'd be I'd be okay with it. I'd be okay with the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. But it's not going to happen. He's going to play I, another five years. You know, the Patriots like, are going to be good for, for five years straight. It's literally the same thing over and I, over again. I may 17 be, years. He's been, he's been in the what the the AFC Championship game 13 out of the 17 years. Yeah, something crazy like that. I may be one of the only people outside of like the New England area that doesn't want to see him retire. Because he essentially – is like he you can't you can't like Michael Jordan and hate Tom Brady because with what he is doing right now he is literally the goat of all time ever NFL and I think I said this on a podcast previously it's it's amazing to witness just how much Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have essentially owned the NFL for the past decade decade and a half whatever it's insane that they're that good and witnessing it be that good. And even McVay, while he was talking uh, Super Bowl preview week or whatever to the media, was talking about Bill Belichick. And he was talking about when he was a coordinator with the Redskins and we had the, the offseason practice together with New England. And he was like, man, just just look at how sharp and how crisp they are during practice. Like they don't waste a minute. Like if they're not doing team drills, they're doing like position drills, like running from like I, I, I'm assuming like like coach to coach, just like every single minute is utilized. And, and he saw that and he witnessed that. And, and hearing that from another Super Bowl coach, it, it makes you like really appreciate what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have done with that franchise and how like tight of a ship they run. And then you look at our garbage and you're like, oh, if, we're not, if we're not talking about here, if we're he was, a, no, but I'm just saying if, if McVeigh was impressed while he was a Redskins coach, watching how New England was doing things, what does that tell you about how the Redskins were doing training camp? Well, it's it's probably 31 out of the <laughs> 32 teams that don't run it just like the Patriots. I mean, having a Bill Belichick and a Tom Brady is, you know, once in a, a hundred year kind of thing. Well, you know, it's not but even I, that. I, it's not I, even I, that. Do like you know it. the? Sorry, do you know that their O line doesn't have? like a first-round starter or a big free agent, the Patriots. Yeah, they, they have like a bunch of third-round starters and, and scrubs, and like they don't really have like big names, and they're protecting Tom Brady, a franchise quarterback. Now, Tom Brady makes them look better, but I heard somewhere that the entire salary for the whole O-line is like $17 million for the year. That's less than like one player. That's less, it's $2 million more than like an average left tackle. For the entire O-line and a couple, like, backup spots. Like, the team from top-bottom, I don't care if you hate them, if they cheat or whatever, they're running a good 
franchise. And that's why they're most likely going to show up and destroy the Rams. Are are they really, though? I mean, yeah, they probably are. Yeah. Let's be honest. They're, they're going to destroy the Rams. Run game, strong defense, Tom Brady dissecting whatever Wade Phillips throws at him with that defense, and they're suspect cornerbacks that all they do is know how to run their mouths. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of ways that Jared Goff can beat the Patriots, and I, I really can't think of anything. I mean, unless C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley have you know 100-yard games each, but obviously we saw Todd Gurley two weeks ago or a week and a half ago now. It's clearly not the same. C.J. Anderson, I mean, was it a you know three-game fluke, two-game fluke? Um, that remains to be seen. I I do like the the Rams, you know, the defense a little bit, but I just I mean, it's typical Tom Brady to slice and dice, you know, throw the ball underneath, throw the ball underneath, throw the ball underneath, run the ball, run the ball, touchdown. You know, it's typical Tom Brady. And well, it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to Sony Michelle, really. I mean, Tom Brady will do Tom Brady things, but if they keep getting that running game going, which they've been doing the all of December and into the playoffs, that's going to be your key, right? So you're essentially going to have Aaron Donald trying to pressure Tom Brady in his face, but if the Patriots can establish a run game and hand off the ball and run it down the Rams' throats, that would essentially make you believe that the Patriots can't be stopped. Because yeah. how who who cares how good your pass rush is if your running game is strong? And then if you overload and you try to stop that running game, you got Tom Brady back there. Right. It's like this is the Patriots team that's the most non-shiny but still really good all around. Like you can't really look at this team and be like, oh, yeah, they really suck here. Like, you know, previous years they didn't really have a running back or they didn't have a receiver or any of those types of things. They're just – they still make it happen with no matter what they have. I mean – Julian Edelman, uh, Sonny Michelle, um, Rob Gronkowski. Of Gronk, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's really insane what what they've done. And I agree to your analogy of of not of comparing him to Michael Jordan. I mean, he's the great. And I think sometimes we don't appreciate the great until they're no longer playing anymore. And once the Patriots go go to sucking, you know, after Brady and and Belichick retire. Everyone is probably gonna look back and be like, "Wow, you know, we really witnessed something that was, you know, once in a in a lifetime kind of event." Absolutely. With with Tom Brady. Now, I do love me some McVay, and I do believe, even though well, I so think does the rest of the NFL. Even though I think the Patriots are going to win, McVay can win if he just shows that he has some some big cojones, and essentially goes at it balls to the wall the way Peterson did with the Eagles, right? So. There was a little bit of trickery, a little bit of this and that, but Peterson wasn't afraid to just kind of go all out and give it to the Patriots because he was he was probably thinking, uh, um, this is my only time that I'm going to be here with this Eagles team. Let me just go ahead and do whatever I can do. McVay will probably get back to the Super Bowl sooner than Peterson, but I believe Boy Wonder has some sort of wrinkle up his sleeve that the Patriots aren't prepared for. And that's what I think will make this an interesting game. If it was Patriots-Saints, I don't think you get the wrinkle of Sean Payton. You'll just get fourth down trick plays. But with McVay, I think you'll get the wrinkle. And who knows what it'll be. You'll, but you'll get some something that will throw the Patriots off and make this game closer than it should be. Yeah, what's crazy is, is McVay and Goff combined age is 57, which is the youngest <laughs> who ever uh, head coach and quarterback to 
to be in the, the Super Bowl. 57. Think about it. Brady's what? Is he 40? 41. 41? Yeah. So they're like 15, 16 years apart <laughs> between um, the combined age of McVay and Goff and, and Tom Brady. It, it's absolutely insane to me, but I, I do think that McVay is going to come to this game prepared to throw something that um, Bill Belichick hasn't seen before. And, but that, do, you, even, do you understand how hard that is, though, to kind of like trick Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and have a wrinkle they haven't seen before? That's it, what makes the Patriots so difficult to to beat. They've seen everything. Like football isn't football is a creative the, sport. What was it the Philly special last year? I mean, it, just like Philly did last year. You follow that same recipe. You do some crazy things. You play, like you said, balls to the wall. You're not playing conservative football, and you have a chance. And what is one thing that McVay never does? Play conservative football, even but when it's here in Washington. It, it was, would it surprise you if the Patriots, because of that Eagles Super Bowl, are more prepared for the 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 tomfoolishness of an offense to call some kind of wacky play and for them to kind of sniff it out right away? To watch all the game film of McVay and be like, this looks like he's about to pull a trick play on us. Like it, So that's what I'm saying. Like This battle between McVay and Belichick, I think that's going to be the best part of the Super Bowl is that chess match. Because it's literally guy who's seen everything and boy wonder that everybody is trying to replicate. Let me show you what I can do. That's going to be like the, the best part to watch with Tom Brady, of course. Yeah, I mean, so are you telling me that the Rams don't have a chance here, or, um, I mean, what's your prediction? My prediction is kind of how we've seen it all playoffs for any game, where one team will come out hot and score 14 right away, and everyone will be like, oh man, this is a blowout. And I actually think that will be the Rams. And then the Patriots will do what the Patriots always do, which is have amazing halftime adjustments. And their their defense will play better, and then you'll oh. see a second half where Tom Brady all of a sudden saw enough in the first half, and then he just dissects, 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 and all of a sudden gets three touchdowns in the third quarter and and blows the game away in the fourth. So you're telling me that the Rams aren't going to talk to the Falcons to to figure out the the <laughs> Patriots game plan? Salty, salty. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I want to pick the Patriots just because I've picked against them pretty much for the past 17 years, and they've proved me wrong every time. So I, I really want to pick against them. Um, and, I mean, as a Redskins fan, you have to want to see McVay win. I want to see him win. I like the guy. Um, I, I mean, there's so many Redskins ties to that organization, and they've all left here and have done gone to, to greener pastures. Um, I, I like the Rams. I like Todd Gurley. He's apparently healthy, but, you know, that still remains to be seen, but I just can't really trust Jared Goff. I mean, I'm talking, I'm trying to talk myself into wanting to pick the Rams, but I always go back to is Jared Goff, uh, is he really that good? Like, I think I'd actually rather have Nick Foles than Jared Goff. It's, Ooh, I, I can't trust him enough. I uh, think if yeah. the rest of the team around him is good, um, there's a chance, but. Um, like missing Cooper Cup and some of these key offensive players, I, I don't know. There was a stretch in December where Jared Goff, during that, that Bears-Eagles stretch uh, right before playoffs, where Jared Goff was, I think, statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL, and he was just putting up garbage numbers. And the question is, if, if 
he can handle the pressure and and kind of get get over his nerves and not play that way. Um, I think McVeigh will do enough to kind of give him some easy dink and dunk passes to kind of build his confidence. But yeah, but McVeigh's whole- new at this too, right? McVeigh, um, you know, he hasn't been here either. I mean, maybe he's going to get advice from his grandfather or, you know, he's got that family lineage of, you know, success in the NFL. Well, you also have but, to realize he has Wade right there with him. Wade's been there a couple of times, especially with Denver. I mean, he has pe- pe- the pieces around him to 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 kind of talk down his nerves. But the way McVeigh has been going ever since he became a head coach, it, nothing gives me like I get zero hesitation or zero doubts about how his he's going to come in there and coach. I mean. He's like a machine. It's insane. Yeah, but he's also known to outcoach himself. And so that's very Is he or is that what you and I tell us because we're a little salty he's not on our team? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm not salty he's not on our team. Um, I'm salty, but I'm also understanding that there was no way you would have kept him. So it's not that you it's not even like keeping him or not. If they fired Gruden, it's it's been known that uh, McVeigh wasn't going to take the job because they're buddies, right? McVeigh gave Gruden in, on, you know, whatever Super Bowl radio row or whatever, a lot of praise. And he said, you know, I've learned a lot from him. He's a great coach, blah, 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 a.k.a. I'm actually part of the Gruden um, coaching tree. I know people are going to want to say he's part of the Shanahan coaching tree. The Shanahan's had him as a, as a tight end coach, and he was also in Tampa with uh, – brother Gruden and Jay and Bruce. So he's really actually more part of the Gruden coaching tree than he is the Shannon coaching tree. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean, I'll, I'll accept that because he, he did more under Gruden than he did under Shanahan for sure. But did you know that Sean McVay played Julian Edelman in 2007? Like in, in college? Uh, really? Yeah. That's funny. That's hilarious, actually. I'm actually watching the clip right now on SportsCenter. <laughs> you watch Sports Center? Are you gonna upset Joe? Don't give ESPN money. Uh, it's on. Uh, it's online. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not actually giving them any money. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm really intrigued. Um. My heart wants to pick the Rams. My head wants to pick the Patriots. Um. And then you know, part of me is sad that this is the last football game of the year. And then another part of me is sad that um we're never gonna be there. We are never gonna be there. Speaking of Redskins, are we going to talk about the two biggest headlines that happened today? Two uh, big uh, coaching headlines? Uh, is it that Mr. Jimmy Tom Sula is back? And, uh... Jimmy Tom Sula. Yep. He comes back for a third season as your defensive line coach. And... What, what's big there is that um, you saw the Jonathan Allen tweet. He said this, oh, was, he's the best, this was the so best happy. day of his, of his – what do you say? His life or his year? Whatever it is. But, I mean – what more praise can you ask from you know your your stud young guy? Your most likely to, captain uh, of he, he better be captain next year just to come to come out and say that that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love hearing that. I love hearing that because that gives me confidence that you know Jay made the right decision. And and you know I know there were some talks about um, Jimmy T wanting to to go with his family in Florida, um, and he was actually not on contract with the Redskins, so his contract right. actually ended. And so say what you will. Say what you will about Minuski and how the defense performed, but you could have never, you can never say that the defensive line didn't hold up their end of of the of their of the bargain or whatever I'm trying to say. The defensive line always held up their part and did their job, and every single one of them 
give praise to Tom Sula. I mean, Ioannidis, Allen, Payne, all of them are like, he is the coach that has brought out the most skill in me, and he is the one that needs to stay. And surprisingly, the franchise did the right move and kept him or convinced him to stay. And and he's the I would say he's probably the most hard ass coach on that defensive line. Oh, for sure. Or on on the actually on the coaching staff. Yes. I mean he's he's the hard ass, so um, it's good to kind of balance Jay out with that. But I mean I think we disagree about this like to the extreme, and we don't disagree about many things Redskins. <laughs> but I am I like Jay. I I think Jay's a good coach, and I think um, you know this. The staff that he's putting together, I mean, it is what it is, but he, like, he's actually doing a good job. Kevin O'Connell, the, the other big name um, guy who's staying, he was offered offensive coordinator jobs at, on other teams. That was reported earlier today as well. So for him to to be able to, to keep him and um, to have some success in some of his assistants, I think he's actually a good coach. Now, where I think he falls really short is on the defensive side. So you really need someone. One, I think you need some continuity there on the defensive side, and I think you get that with Minuski. Although I would have let him personally, I would have let him go. Um, but you also need kind of a, a strong uh, personality leader there on the defensive side, and I'm not sure Minuski's there. So I think ultimately that's probably what's going to get Jay fired, and in, in his ability not to pick a defensive coordinator. But other than that, I think he will go elsewhere and be a good coach. I will say going back to the the Kevin O'Connell being your offensive coordinator do we do we know if he's going to take over play calling or is that going to stay in in gruden's realm i think he takes over right no everything that i'm i've been hearing is that he's going to be the exact same role as sean mcveigh when he was offensive coordinator um and that gruden would still be kind of in charge of calling plays he may sometimes hand them over to kevin but um it's mostly kevin's going to be in charge of kind of coming up with the game game plan run pass schemes and he's, I think he's actually going to put a little bit of twist on the playbook. Uh, he's apparently a simpler kind of guy, but has some newer concepts. Okay. Um, See, I'm – okay, all right. So if you remove just a little bit of the play calling from Gruden, uh, I like Jay Gruden. He is a good play caller. But he is not good with situational football, and he is not good with coming up with something when you need that spark. Right, I mean, Joe Joe Gibbs wasn't good at situational football play calling in his second term. I don't know about his first term, but his second term. So, no, but what I'm saying is, that that harms every coach. But but in today's NFL, you need to be that way. Sean Isn't McVay, that what got Mike McCarthy fired. No, what? Yeah, no. Aaron Rodgers he was got him really fired. Oh, well, <laughs> period. There, there's Aaron no Rogers other probably fired him. <laughs> there's there's no other storyline there except Aaron Rodgers didn't like him, so he's gone. But with Kevin O'Connell, if you give me a little bit different of uh, a scheme or a simpler playbook with a one or two twists thrown in something that they can pull out of their back pocket when it's needed. I like that move. I, I Gruden is a good coach, but sometimes it looks like it gets, he's in over his head, right? Sometimes it looks like that, but I, I mean the whole Kevin O'Connell thing just makes you think, next year right not not like 2019 but 2020 when uh, don't tell me that they're setting that up for him to take over head coaching job it's, i don't believe that no way it's come on man like i don't think if unless he's the next have, McVeigh, then okay but you know what i, I don't i don't think so there's almost no way you bring jay back right agreed 
But for, under what circumstances? I, I disagree. No. After what, this year. If, if, Jay goes, if Jay goes nine and seven. <laughs> Did you take a look at our roster? <laughs> if he goes nine and seven, uh, hat okay. tip to him. I mean. All right. If, if he, he goes, goes nine, nine and seven with Colt McCoy, seven and nine. Colt McCoy, Josh Johnson, or a quarterback that you shouldn't draft, but you ended up drafting. If he can do that, sure. But let's be honest. He's not going to do that, and the chance is very, very, very – let's say 85% chance Jay Gruden doesn't come back. I, I bet you Jay Gruden gets extended in the middle of the year. I don't think I don't think you fire him. If, if he can do anything with this team that he has now, um, I don't think you fire him. And then also, if you give Jay Gruden the ability to go draft a quarterback or give this staff the ability to go draft a quarterback, you have to have that continuity with, with Coach. Oh, um, but and I think – but you and I were talking about this earlier. That's why the Redskins team should not draft a quarterback. It would be the dumbest move for this franchise why? if we why? went out and we drafted a quarterback. Okay, hold on, hold on. Before you try to make me sound like an idiot, if you're going to drown a fourth, fifth, or sixth round developmental quarterback, that's fine. Nobody's saying that's dumb. What I'm saying is Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder right now are panicking because Alex Smith is hurt. And they don't I, – I can guarantee you everyone's like, oh, they're high on Colt McCoy. But all of them are like, yeah, we should probably draft a quarterback. Now, if you're going to give your first-round 15th pick draft choice to a quarterback that's not deserving of that, you screwed over your franchise. You screwed over Jay Gruden. You screwed over the fans. It is the dumbest move you can make because but, – But hold on, hold on. If you draft an offensive guard 15th and he isn't deserving of being there, you've screwed over the fans. Yeah, you screwed over the draft. No, you don't draft you, a guard. You, you, you draft you a wide anybody. Receiver. You go and you, you get a stud wide receiver. You go and you get a stud safety. You go and you get a stud cornerback. And then after that, you get a guard. And then after that, you get whatever position you need. And then in the, the, the fourth round, then you can go get your developmental quarterback. Because next year's crop of quarterbacks is better than this year's crop of quarterbacks. How do you know that? How do you know that? Do everybody, you study, study everybody college football? As everyone just, says that every year. That's no, BS. No, everyone nobody, literally, everyone says that every year. Nobody said they, it last year. Nobody last year said that this year's stock is better than last year's. Last nobody year said, they said this year's quarterback stock isn't that good, and there was no last year. Everybody went crazy for Darnold and Baker Mayfield and all those other bobos. And I don't this know about year, that. No, this year I, nobody I feel like is they say that crap every year. First if of all, you do, like, you realize, do you realize that this year is so bad that you have a guy that was essentially going to to the MLB last second be like, F it, I want to go to the NFL, and he's all of a sudden your your third or second best quarterback in the draft? That's that's how bad this class is. Hey, hey, Michael Jordan played two sports. It's possible, man. He wasn't really good when he played two sports. Deion Sanders did it. Yeah, none, none of them are good. But Look, all, all I'm saying is – The guy's a stud. I, I, I wouldn't draft him. I don't think he's – All I'm saying is you don't – He's a smaller, tinier RG3. So you, I, I couldn't imagine how that goes over with Gruden. You, you cannot – all I'm saying is don't waste your 15th overall pick on a quarterback. Don't waste your second-round pick on a quarterback. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying you, there is a formula out there. And it, it could formula? be Joe, Joe's team. You know with the, the formula, Browns. FP. Joe's Why don't team you tell with the Browns. Bruce? Look at Joe's team with the Browns. You plug all your biggest holes, okay? And then when you have a true clear cut franchise quarterback that you can draft, you go ahead and you draft him, right? And then you just you can't hold your franchise hostage because if this is Jay Gruden's last year, you would assume that hopefully Bruce Allen leaves with him. You can't stick a brand new coach and a brand new GM with this 
overdrafted quarterback that you shouldn't have actually got. Nobody's going to want to come here when with a wasted first round pick on an overdrafted quarterback. So what you should do is suck with Colt McCoy and Jay Gruden and Bruce, but plug in your holes because yes, Jay Gruden could get some wins if you plug in a couple holes. If you give him a healthy guard and then you have Darius Geis back there and maybe Adrian Peterson comes back. And if you give him a better wide receiver and you bring in uh, Crowder again as your slot or you do something like that. You're messing up your own argument here. You're saying to suck, but then you're saying that, you know, with Jay Gruden that we know that he can win games. I'm saying, I'm saying don't don't and, be and, afraid. I'm saying don't be afraid to suck because next year you can get a better quarterback out of that draft. But, but right now, but we know that Jay, in, no one's going to suck more than this team. Jay Gruden made, you know, made a, made a burger out of like uh, um, some really crappy meat. Wow, I, I awesome like, analogy, bro. Analogy. Awesome <laughs> analogy. Jay Listen, Gruden. All not, I'm saying is you cannot hold your team hostage by overdrafting a quarterback because. But if you like somebody and he, you're not overdrafting for him, then you go get him. That's my point. If you like somebody, there has to be somebody that you like. You go get him. Unless you really, really look not, at this job and say, I don't like anybody. I want to stick with, with Josh Johnson and, and Colt McCoy. So you and, I, not- you and I discussed it, right? What, what was the text that I sent you earlier about drafting a quarterback low in the first round over the last decade? Stupid. It doesn't matter. It's probably something stupid. Because <laughs> if you like a quarterback, I think you have to go get him. And why not get a quarterback in the second round, in the third round? There are some quarterbacks – in the third round, like Russell Wilson, like Kirk Cousins. Okay. Some quarterbacks okay. have had if that you, success. If you find, you find a diamond in the rough, cool. But that is never a guarantee. What have, is a guarantee over the last decade? A diamond in the rough at quarterback every year. What is a guarantee is that a, fir- a low first-round pick, so not first or second overall, is a garbage quarterback in the league. Tim Tebow, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert. Christian Ponder, Ryan Tannehill, EJ Manuel, Blake Bortles, Johnny Menza. It, the list goes on and on and on. Over the last decade, a low first-round uh, draft pick for a quarterback turns out to be garbage. Guess what the Redskins have? A low first-round draft pick. Don't waste it on a quarterback. They have a middle first-round draft pick. And don't waste it on a quarterback if it's very, very likely that your head coach and GM are going to be out the door. It is a recipe for failure because all of a sudden – Let's say you draft the guy. Cole I McCoy agree, gets I injured. Then he comes in. The guy comes in. He sucks. Okay, so what happens then? Jay Gruden leaves. Bruce Allen leaves. The next coach comes in and says, hey, you suck. You're leaving too. Or we're not going to play you. Uh, it, it's it's not a smart move. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth round? Sure. I, I agree about the first round, but why not the second round? Why not the third round? Why does it have to be fourth, fifth, or sixth? Why do we need another uh, Colt Brennan or – um, any of those other guys that we've had in the past that are really late rounds, we don't need that. We need somebody who can learn for a year or maybe two years behind you know, whatever makeshift quarterback that we have this year, learn the system, learn the NFL, learn how to study. But, learn but all why do that this year? Why not get a wider Because you don't have or, anybody. You have Colt McCoy, and we know Jay Gruden loves Colt McCoy. They play golf together. He's okay. going to play Colt McCoy. How, how many games is Colt McCoy going to play? It doesn't matter. How many – so then what? Then what are you going to do? So you're going to take a, a, an overdrafted quarterback and throw him into the wolves? Throw him into the deep end? No. At that point, you're not. You're, you'll probably go get a veteran. But <laughs> Then why are you wasting a draft pick? <laughs> because if, if it happens in week 13 and you're, you know, what, six oh, and have, seven? Have you been watching this team the last three seasons? 
Have you been watching this team? What makes you think we're going to get to week 13 before we have an injury? I mean, <laughs> how are you going to bank on injuries? I, I, if I was a betting man, I'd bet we'd be injured next year. Okay. So, so all right. Tell me if he's in charge. You're the GM, the, the GM position that doesn't exist. They gave it to you. What's your role or, or what's your strategy? What's your plan? Your plan is, and, and I said this, address, address your biggest needs right hey, now. You are the GM. Tell me the biggest needs. All right. Wide receiver, left guard, okay, cornerback, Okay, tell me what, what round you're getting these people in. You go wide first receiver round. first. Okay. Wide receiver first. Okay. Then you probably go safety. Then you probably go guard in the third. And then you probably go cornerback. Or if you find a good developmental quarterback, you can take him in the fourth. But you need. Okay. Who's going to gonna play quarterback player. for you? Colt McCoy, because I, my coach is Jay Gruden, and he loves Colt McCoy. I agree. Who 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 plays in week four when Colt McCoy's hurt? That's the question, right? What do you mean that's the question? You don't have anybody on your roster. You're the GM. All right. I'm not saying don't get a developmental quarterback, but don't you give said me. Don't spend the first four picks on a developmental quarterback. Yes. Why would you spend the first four picks on a developmental quarterback? Get him in the third round. No, get, get players that will see the field that need to see the field first so that you have a high, high reward for your draft pick. Don't I, I have an idea draft pick on a guy that's going to sit on the bench and learn, especially when he has nobody to learn from. If Alex I, Smith I, was playing right now and you can replicate it and draft him a Holmes and have him sit behind an Alex Smith. Sure. Go ahead and do that. We don't have that right now. You don't have an Alex Smith on the field that your drafted quarterback can learn from. You have Colt McCoy and maybe Josh Johnson. What, who, what's he going to learn? I don't want him to learn from those guys. <laughs> I bet you Colt McCoy could probably be a coach one day. I mean, the guy's been in so many systems. He's he's a journeyman backup, okay? He, like, it's not, it's yes, not that let easy me let to, my draft get a, be, to get a backup quarterback job. No, I, it's just it's I think, a, it's a recipe for failure, okay? I think your, your job as GM of this team is a failure. I think your strategy sucks. Um, everything that you've talked about sucks. Because my strategy would be one, be active in free agency. Go back with to what signing. money? What money? One, you restructure Jordan Reed. You tell Jordan Reed, hey, you have two options. You either take a pay cut or you get cut. And which one is he going to do? He's probably going to take a pay cut because I don't think he'll go get signed anybody anywhere else. You save money there. You say, hey, Josh Norman, sorry, buddy, you got to take a pay cut. You save money there. There's a lot of things that you can do to restructure some of these awful salaries. You be active in free agency. You um, uh, then you go uh, in the draft and you find the value picks. Um, I would go, you know, need first round, whatever, you know, one of those four or five positions that you named, whatever, who's ever on top of the board there. First round, second round, I would do the same. Third round, I would go get my quarterback. I'd get a guy. I'd let him sit behind Colt McCoy and Josh Johnson and whoever else you can you can pick up um, and let him learn. If it if Colt McCoy gets injured in week three, you don't go to rookie. If Colt McCoy gets injured in week 14, you go to rookie. You let this do, guy learn. Do you honestly believe that? Uh, first of all, I was listening to 50% of what you said and it almost sounded exactly like what I said. No, it's not exactly <laughs> what you said. You said don't draft a quarterback until the sixth round. No, you said, come on. I said, said four, or five, or six, man. Come on. You said sixth round. Four, or five, or six. I said go to the third round and get your quarterback. Go, go need first round, need second round, third round, get your quarterback. No, you're wrong. I'm sorry. And, and, and you're stupid to think 
Well, maybe you're not, but I don't think that Jay Gruden's going to get fired this year. <laughs> Jay Gruden's getting fired this year. <laughs> In fact, you're going to get a five-win team. Jay Gruden's going to go. Hopefully, Bruce goes, and then you're going to bring in a new coach. How much easier would it be to bring in a GM and a new head coach if you're like, listen, you get to build your team from scratch? But I just have don't, Alex Smith I don't see a scenario where Jay Gruden's going to go up a three-win team. Just because okay. we've seen it so many times, our teams have been crap, and he still finds ways to win. Look, all right, look. If Alex Smith got hurt in week three, Cole McCoy hurt in week four, how many wins would he have had last year? Well, that's true. Three wins. But, <laughs> but. Um, okay, so now remove, gonna... remove the three wins Alex Smith got you, and you got Colt McCoy from week one, injured week three. How many wins are you going to have? You have Darius guys. Okay. You have AP. Cool. Cool. Maybe you have a better no defense. Maybe and you have probably, a better defense. And probably a guard that we're taking in the fifth because you're a GM that's an idiot and still didn't address the guard position. No, I said need first round, need second round. Wide receiver third. safety. You take okay. wide receiver safety before guard. Hey, did, did you not hear my, my philosophy on be active in free agency? Find a, find a guard there. Money. You don't have money because you have to figure out what you're going to do. I didn't say free. find the most expensive guard. I said <laughs> find a guard. Why wouldn't you just draft a really good guard? Because you'll probably be reaching for a guard in the first round. I mean, I, at 15, you, you might not be. In the first. No, you don't draft a guard in the first. You draft a guard in the third. That's where you no, get. No, that's where guard. the quarterback goes. We've seen the quarterback be successful in the third round. We've seen it happen with Russell Wilson. We've seen it happen with Kirk Cousins. Give me That's one more point. example. One more example. Sean Watson. What what round was he in? Is he second round? Late, late, uh, yeah, early second round. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But but. So you know, you're gonna you're gonna bank on drafting a diamond in the rough quarterback in the late round. That's gonna all of a sudden be. I didn't contender. say late round. I didn't say diamond in the rough. I said you draft. You draft, you find a quarterback that you like, and you draft him. That's it. Find the quarterback you like, and you draft. Doesn't matter where it is. What do you do with him? What do you mean? What do you do with him? You let him sit just like Kirk Cousins sat behind RG three. He learned the the offense. He learned. Don't you think you should address wide receiver, safety, guard before you waste a pick on a guy? Agency. You restructure Jordan Reed. You restructure um, Vernon. is Vernon Davis under still his, his big contract? Yeah, Jordan Reed, you got to make Morgan a decision Moses. on Crowder. You got to pay Adrian Peterson if you want to keep him. You got to figure out what's going on with Josh. You there's no, and then you still have the Alex Smith money. Look, I love Eric Schaefer. I love his contract guru, magic wizard skills. But there's not enough money to address big needs and free agency. What you should do is build for the future. Period. Don't. Don't stop putting a delay on drafting a stud left guard. You can't afford to do it anymore. You can't. Or just go sign one. They're not Trump that expensive. Where? Who's available and where? I, I, wanna, don't know. I want. I'm not a scout. I want left <laughs> side Brandon I, Sheriff. That's I what I want. You, Get me I that. I guarantee you there will be a left guard who will be in the Super Bowl next year who's a free agent this year. It happens all the time. There, it's it's not a dime a dozen, okay. but okay, it's, fine, fine. I give you, I concede to all of that, but can you admit that you have forgotten who our front office is and how dumb our team is? Deshaun Watson went twelfth overall in the first round. Okay, so he's one of the. There's your point. He was middle of the first round and is still successful. There is he. Yeah, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got some W's. He's also very injury prone, and he has DeAndre Hopkins. Is he? 
Yeah. Uh, no, but he's <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Okay. I, I I can see to your philosophy of don't reach in the first round because that's just not successful. I, I agreed to that. I may even agree to the second round. I probably do agree to the second round. The third round is where I want do you to get your quarterback. And I don't I don't see why not. I don't see why not. Because a third-round quarterback and a fourth-round quarterback make no difference. A third-round guard and a fourth-round guard makes a big no difference. difference. No you, know who we, big you know who we got in the third round? Josh Lopez. How's he doing? He's a guard. He was in the third round. How's he doing? Uh, better than Sean Laval. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're both out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just... I, I, I would... I, there is too much uncertainty... On your team right now, regardless of what happens with Gruden, regardless of what happens with Bruce, there's too much uncertainty to bring in a quarterback early in the draft. Now, if you bring me another Nate Sudfeld in the late draft, fine. But there's too much uncertainty to address that position early in the draft and not adjust your skill positions. Because like we told ourselves last year when Colt was getting ready, he knows the system. He knows Jay Gruden. Uh, he he should be serviceable if he doesn't get hurt. What helps him not get hurt? A stronger O-line, uh, a, a receiver that he can get the ball to quick, right? Like that's the stuff that you need right away to kind of work your magic, Jake Rudin, and get your wins. That's what you need. But don't waste a pick and have him sit on the bench next to your injured Alex Smith and learn from Colt McCoy on how to get injured. That's the I, only I, thing Colt McCoy can teach you at this point is how to get injured. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's crazy that we're debating quarterbacks and strategy about quarterbacks once again. It's a never-ending cycle of who's going to be the quarterback, what should you do, should you go free agent, should you go draft. It, it's ridiculous. I think we can both agree that the Redskins are probably in the worst situation in the league when it comes to their options at quarterback. There are no good options. There is no right answer. All answers are wrong here. All answers are wrong. It's There's some it's, that are way more wrong than other, like trading for a Tannehill, which there was a rumor I, going around about that. That would be you way— You can't afford his contract. Over. Exactly. You can't, you can't afford his contract. So, um, and, and there was another rumor or uh, you know, people on the Twitter sphere talking about possibly trading Alex Smith's contract, like the—what was it? The— the Texans did for the Brock oh, Osweiler. Bro- yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brock Osweiler was they traded away one year for 16 million for a second round pick. I don't know what 80 million would cost. Probably it's- six or seven first round picks. So that's not <laughs> happening either. There, there, literally, there is no right answer. Everything, every, like everything is wrong. There's no good solution here. What team would you even be able to maybe do that trade with? What team has the cap space? I think last year the the Raiders had a hundred and something million in cap space. There are teams, um, and I, I can pull it up here, but there are teams um, who have tons of cap space who just don't use it. Right, let's take a look. Uh, NFL cap space 2019. Uh, the Browns have 58 million. The Niners have uh, 40, 56 million. The Jags have 30 million. These all seem Oh no, my bad. Cap space. So the base salary cap is 190 million. The Colts have 117 million in cap space. 
The Jets have 93 million cap space. The Browns have 82. The Bills have 79. The Raiders have 71. So those are really just, what, the top six or seven teams. All those teams can probably afford a $20 million cap hit or, you know, whatever for five first-round picks. It's just not going to happen. Okay. I, I, it's just so depressing to think The Redskins have $21 million <clears throat> in cap space. That's you can't you can't address anything with that. I after you try to keep the people that you already have, you but, have but almost also, no think money. About it, you you have to do the the Jordan Reed con. Like there's no way that Jordan Reed can get paid you know whatever thirteen million a year. Agreed. There's no way. Agreed. I absolutely like, agree. And I think he'd be smoking pot to say that you know um, he can make that much money. Like it, it's I'll, I'll agree. You have to restructure that. But let me tell you what. We we kind of glossed over this about what the Redskins should do in the in the first draft pick or like aside from our argument. And there's a player called DK Metcalf. And tell me if this doesn't sound uh, like a Redskins formula to you, right? Big huge receiver, right? Super super talented, yet injury prone with a broken neck. <laughs> Does that sound like somebody? I think we talked the, about this on the last draft? pod where where the, where the Redskins shop at uh, Rugged Warehouse. Right. Or was Marshalls? <laughs> yeah. So he is he is going to be our Marshalls first round pick of huge upside yet injury prone. So we got him on a bargain, which is the 15th overall pick <laughs> instead of him going top 10. I'm pretty sure we've done that with uh, Trent Murphy, Josh Doxson. Name name your player. Thanks, thanks, Bruce. Thanks for running the draft. Thanks I think, for. Uh, I think he had a neck injury last year and a broken foot in 2016. That's that sounds like the type of player that we would get. That's that's awful. On that note, I, I think I'm done. Uh, we both <laughs> we, we did. Did we make our uh, Super Bowl predictions? Let's go score and uh, um, winner and um, who outcoaches who. Ooh, interesting. You first. Score, I am going to go 41-27 Patriots. Wow. And, of course, Belichick. I mean, whoever wins is going to get, you know, is going to, you know, be the better coach. I mean, I, I guess unless it's unless it's like a, a bad pick that seals the game or something like that. So, um, yeah, I just I, I can't pick against the the Patriots. I'm going to go also with the Patriots, but I will say, based off history of their last two Super Bowl appearances and the playoffs this year, I think the game goes to overtime, and I think it's very close, and I think you're looking at, like, a 41-38 type game. I'd love that. I think that's what you're going to get. You're going to get something like that. Uh, most, majority of your points in the second half, but you're going to get some sort of shootout. Um, and it's going to probably go into overtime and then we'll have the whole off season to discuss more BS about overtime rules and some blown coverage or blown penalty that's going to happen in the game and more cheating from the Patriots. I wouldn't just be surprised sounds, if there's another right to crazy blown call. Wouldn't be surprised. Well, I, you know, personally, as a football fan, as you know, the, the last hurrah of 2018, the 2018 season, I'd love to see a, t- a game that go to overtime. Um, it, it's always it's always sad when when the Super Bowl is over and that last whistle is blown, and you're like, dang, I really can't watch football till September of of 2019. So it's gonna be one of those moments. So I'll, I'll take a good game. 
All right. Uh, any um, last uh, last words there, FP? Uh, Caps are enjoying their bye week uh, after the All Star break. Hopefully, they come back and uh, break their losing streak. And then I think you and Joe have a, a Wizards NBA podcast coming up soon, right? We have an NBA podcast coming up this week. We have a Super Bowl prop bets podcast coming up this week. Um, we got a, an MLB update coming coming this week as well. Um, maybe. Uh, we'll see where Bryce Harper lands, but um, a lot of good stuff coming on the on on DTC. Hey, sure I'll you... lose I'll lose Bryce if you can bring me some uh, AD. Uh, that's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. For LP for FP, this has been DTC. Find all our material on social media at Defeat the Curse on Instagram at Defeating the Curse and on Facebook and on all all platforms. Um, just search DTC on your favorite podcast app and. You will be able to listen to all our content. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. We are out.